So you were engaged in 2019. Yes. And when did you call it off? Um, so we that was towards the end. So because we were only engaged for a small period of time just because of the fact that, you know, we're talking about prenups. Yep. So when the whole idea of the prenup got introduced, where well, it actually wasn't introduced, I had already stated prior to the relationship that that was something that so in the I dating was de- phase. In the dating phase, I already made it very clear, and I make it every, very clear to everyone I've ever dated that that's a necessity for me. Love is a treasure chest, but once opened, our hearts become vulnerable. I, I went back to Vegas. It was this guy. He appeared as a friend. Sure enough, it led to infidelity. Alignment can't be ignored. We talked about certain topics as far as having kids. She didn't want to have kids. Um, and that was one of the red flags. And I know you desire marriage. So I think it's best you move on with your life. What you do, hold on, Lisa, what you do? I told him, okay. <laughs> she didn't ask me why. I knew several other women's bodies better than I knew my own. I've, I watched their videos of them having sex, so I would try to imitate that. No discussion is off limits. Dear Future Wifey Podcast brings healing. You inspire us to try God a little bit more. Up through this platform, I realized that it's possible. It's possible to love again. The conversations have really helped me to change my perspective on relationships. Season 7 is all about tough topics. I'm Lateris R. Winfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Lateris R. Whitfield. Listen, are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, can we get a commitment? Hit that subscription button and subscribe. Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. Listen, ah, we're in season seven, tough topics. I mean, a lot of y'all been <laughs> rocking with us. A lot of y'all been getting a little nervous when we've been talking about certain stuff. Um, but that's what this podcast is about. It's about dealing with stuff that we don't want to deal with so we can learn about it on the We'll learn about it at the onset before it becomes an issue. And you can have an educated decision on who you decide to date, do life with, so we're not wasting our times with uh, people that are not in alignment with us. And so we're going to keep deep diving into these conversations. Today's conversation, I've been wanting to have this conversation for a long time uh, with somebody. And Faith Jenkins, shout out to you, Faith, Mm -hmm. for recommending uh, today's guest, and we're going to talk about it. So without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. My new homie, A.D. Dolphin. What's up, Keith? Hey, how you doing? Man, listen. Man, we had a conversation <laughs> the other day, and I said we should have just been recording that whole conversation because that was that was the podcast right there, huh? Well, we always, I'm always going to be honest. So, so you're going to be sure honest. I'm sure we can duplicate that and even make it even better. Okay. So today's conversation, we're going to call this prenup or prenup. <laughs> prenup or prenope. I got a thumbs up by Rihanna. She says she likes that title. And so um, I've been wanting to have a conversation about prenuptial agreements because um, whether it's the man or the woman that has worked hard, earned their 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 um, their money. Um, and due to the statistics of divorce, a lot of people mm. like, hold on, listen, now there's a 50, 50 <laughs> chance and I don't want to gamble on marriage like that. So I want to make sure that I carve out what I brought to the table and, um, we going to make it do what it do on this. 
But what brings this conversation so on point is because you were engaged to someone. I was. When was, was. that? I think 2019. So you were engaged in 2019. Yes. And when did you call it off? Um, so we that was towards the end. So because we were only engaged for a small period of time just because of the fact that, you know, we're talking about prenups. Yep. So when the whole idea of the prenup got introduced, where it actually wasn't introduced, I had already stated prior to the relationship that that was something that so in the I dating phase in the dating phase I already made it very clear and I make it every very clear to everyone I've ever dated that that's a necessity for me you know all right so let's back up cuz people may not know <laughs> who in the world you are and why is a prenup important to you so we're going to back up we just okay. introduce what's about who are you AD so I'm AD Dolphin I'm the owner of D Herbs I'm the biggest uh I sell more cleanses than anyone on the planet. I'm the biggest black-owned herbal company on the planet. Um, no one's bigger than me. I do well. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> no, we're going to put context about it because well to certain people can be well different. So what is your what is the valuation of your company? My evaluation of my company is $80 million plus. $80 million plus. Right. Very well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you do very well. Yeah, I do very well. And so um, how long did it take you to build this, this company? <sighs> It took me, uh, I started in 2004. 2004, I've been, you know, gunning it out since then. And it, and it was tough. It was hard. I put everything I had into it. I believed in it 100%. I have the best cleanse on the planet. And, you know, life has proven that's true. Life has proven that is true. Absolutely. You know, I was... I did Steve Harvey uh, TV show. I did yep, over I, four, I did over forty episodes between 2015 and 2019 on TV using my product, helping people transform their life, lose weight, and things like that. I've done the doctors twice. I've done Dish Nation. I don't know ten or twenty times. I've done Page Six another ten times. I've done over two hundred news channels, and I, that's just TV. We haven't even got it in radio. Radio, yeah. radio I'm bananas. No so, one can deal with me on so, that. So, so, so you built this brand. Right. Built this company. Right. Have you ever been married before? Never. Do you think, now we're going to talk. Do you think that you're married to your business and you, because we had a conversation and we're right. going to talk about this, is that when you find men like you that are huge, insanely successful in one area, do you feel like you have that same measure of success in, in love and relationships? No, I think it struggles. Why? And I, you know what it really comes down to? And I don't think necessarily I did it right. I think what it comes down to is this. I think that when people build, 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 and now you have this stuff, you have all this stuff. Unfortunately, it's the stuff that stops you being so open and being so given. And because now you don't know if people are actually chasing you for your stuff or for you. And it sucks. Yeah. It sucks. And, 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 but like we said when we spoke on the phone, hey, sh I'm here now. <laughs> what are we going to do? So we got to figure it out from this point on. And, and it just comes down to it. It's just like you don't know and you hear these horror stories. I mean, you hear about, you know, Michael Jordan, Paul McCarthy. You hear about all these terrible situations where, you know, these people had to give a significant amount of their fortune 
and you know none of them shot a jump shot none of them play, none of them did music and that's what I'm talking about this stuff and a lot of these people other than Michael Jordan's wife who I know personally um um or ex-wife let me say that um they weren't there the whole entire time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if you met somebody right now, they're walking into the fortune that you created. And if whatever happens in that relationship, they leave with half of it. And I think that part, that's crazy. See, <laughs> see, and I always tell people, unfortunately, being married is a business. They've changed the concept of being married to me personally. That's my viewpoint, and they've changed it in such a sense. Now it's a business agreement almost, and to be honest, it's a bad deal, and I'm a businessman. If I see a bad deal, I'm going to tweak it in such a way <laughs> where it's more beneficial, you know, or at least fair to me. So, And that's what it came down to, the idea of being married for a year and being having to give up my entire fortune or at least half of it. It's not a good idea for me. And it's something I would never, ever do. But that's the whole thing. It's just like, you got all this stuff now. You got the big house, all the cars. You got all that stuff. And it's that stuff preventing you from this life that we all dream about with our future mate. Well, you you mentioned something that was uh, on point, and I want to go back. You said you felt like you did it wrong. I do feel like I did it wrong. I think the best way to do this, and I hope everyone's listening, the best way to do this is to grow it together. And I really honestly feel like that. That's my whole heart feel like that. I think I did do it wrong, but I think most most men don't get married until they feel successful. Yes. And I think that whole concept needs to be changed because that's what I was taught. My grandmother always told me you could be broke by yourself. And what she meant by that is, hey, you're going to have to develop something so you can be able to take care of a family. You know what I mean? It sucks to be in a situation where both of you guys are kind of like destitute and things aren't going well. And we already know, like you said, mentioned in the beginning, marriage they say majority of marriages are broken up because of financial situations. Right. In my situation, there is no financial situation. You're going to be all right. You know what I mean? It's, so, just, it's just getting you there. It's, 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 a struggle. it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. And so, you know, and we were talking about my, my previous engagement. Um, what happened was is that she, oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. well she had went, because now we're getting closer to the date. Right. We're doing all this stuff. and. She had a conversation with her mother, and her mother said, I wouldn't sign the prenuptial agreement. Did she already agree to it at first? Absolutely. Because read, read it and everything. No, we haven't even got to that part yet. But so your already, mom, so your mom, her mom told her not to sign it without even seeing what the terms well, were? Absolutely, and that was just a terrible, terrible advice. And I let her know that you should marry your mom, <laughs> period. You should date her. You should date her. Because if we date me, I'm not getting married, just like I stated in the beginning. I'm always completely honest. Yeah. I, don't, I don't blindside anybody. Yeah. I don't hide who I am. I tell everyone, this is the deal. This is what's going on. And this is how I plan on moving forward in life. And if it doesn't agree with them, I honestly feel like it's okay. It is, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. This doesn't work for you. But okay, cool. I'm going to do this. You know what? And I... I, I... I have nothing but respect for that. Because that, if you say it up front and right. you said even in the dating phase, you're like, hey, listen, this is what it's gonna be. And they say, 
I'm cool with that. Absolutely. Because I had to put perspective around it. I said, okay, so let's see what type of guy you are. Are you the type of guy that, because a lot of times people are afraid of dating guys with a lot of money because they feel like that comes with a lot of control and that you will control the money, don't share nothing with them, don't give them nothing. But the woman you dated, she was very well taken care of. Absolutely. You said that in the course of you dating her, you believe that you spent upwards of $100,000 on her. Oh, that's just one year. Yeah. That's easy. That was light work. But yeah, but that I wasn't, I'm not, sometimes I think when, <laughs> I don't know, I'm trying try to make sure the world doesn't hate me <laughs> from this conversation. So I'm just saying, it's sometimes, trust me, a lot of men going to love you. <laughs> and it needs to be said, they need to have the conversation up front if yeah. they feel that way. Now, I don't think everybody needs to have that conversation. Right. You're making, you're making $150,000. You shouldn't have that conversation. <laughs> exactly. I think once you start getting up there into the real numbers, I think you definitely need to because it really, really. What number do you think that conversation should be had? God, it's so funny. I talked to somebody last night about that, and they asked me what I think it is. I think it's in the upwards of probably about between 15 and 20 million. When you start when you start doing that per year, then you can have those kind of conversations. Anything less than that, I think is we can talk about it. Oh, well, so dear future wife, we can we can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about it. That's why I don't see a value in the in the, in the prenup cuz my mind ain't went to no 15 20 <laughs> But you're going to be there. You got one of the hottest shows on, on YouTube, period. So you're going to be there real fast. Oh, God. I received that in the name of Jesus. This joker said. But see, I have a different perspective about prenups, and I'll share that a little later. But I understand what you're talking about as far as you built all this, and you're self-aware enough to know that you wish it could have been built in the grind. So Absolutely. Let's, so let's back up. Was it a situation? No, let's, let's uh, still unpack this. So you said she talked to her mom and then came to you and said what? My mom doesn't think it's a good <laughs> idea for me to sign the prenup, so therefore I'm not going to sign the prenup. And then what did you say? I said, that's fine. We're not getting married, and you should date your mom. And how far along were y'all into the wedding process? I was already packing. Oh, really? Yeah. Right when I heard that conversation, that was it for me. I was actually in, I was actually in her place because we lived uh, in different areas, different states. And she would fly out every single weekend. And some, some weekends, I would actually fly out there and spend time with her. And in this particular case, I was with her at the time. And I was already picking up my essentials, getting everything I knew because— First of all, you know what? It's so crazy. And I don't know if you experienced this in dating, but I, I, I hate when the mother attempts to control the daughter. Uh, yeah. And I've been in those relationships before, yeah. and they're awful. Yeah. Usually I find, I find you know, it'd be situations like weird stuff where the mother is asking the daughter for money. And I'm like, she don't have no job. <laughs> Why are you asking her for money? So technically, you asking me for money. At least have the nerve to walk up to me and ask me for some money. And that's the whole thing. I'd be like, she don't have no job. Why, are you, why is she asking you for money? Just because you here in the big house and you driving nice cars? I said, no, she don't have any money. So really, you talking to me. So I've been in that. So so maybe I'm a little sensitive. You are when her mama starts saying yeah, something. Yeah, so when, when she started listening to her mother, I was like, you should marry her. Period. End of discussion. And that was pretty much, I didn't really have a discussion after that. Really? Nah. You said you can turn your heart off that quick. 
It wasn't my heart because we weren't talking about my heart. My heart was still there, but we were talking about a business deal. That's what we were talking about. And unfortunately, I'm a businessman and I did business. So if I see a bad deal, I'm walking away, period, in the discussion. I work too hard. I work too hard to get to where I am. So therefore, I'm not going to do anything that's going to jeopardize what I've accomplished so far. And I know a lot of people be like, he's heartless. He's this. He's that. No, it's my decision. I don't really don't care how they feel. <laughs> I really don't. Honestly, I, I promise you, I don't care. I don't care because anybody, and I look at people and the women was like, no, the prenuptial, no. I'd be like, Oprah didn't get married, you guys. And when women are put in the same situation as yeah. men, they act like men. Yeah, that is true. That's that, 100%. That, yeah, they yeah. are the same people we are. I know a lot of times the men are the breadwinners, but when you see the breadwinners, when you see women that are the breadwinners, they, they think the same way. They do think exactly the same way. They control the relationship. They pick the house that we're going to live in. They buy the cars. They do certain things because that's the role. They're in this masculine kind of role. And so, therefore, I'm in this masculine kind of role, and I'm going to be masculine. That's what I'm going to do. So we ain't going to do certain things, and that's just it. It's okay if, you know, if you think differently, and, you know, you're going to have to find somebody else to do that with. Have you? So was it any type of, I just want to see how you think and how your heart beats. When that happened, was there any, because it sounds like it was cut and dry, and it may have been just that, cut and dry, but was it any type of, so, you know, trying to talk her through it, talk her out of it. No. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not doing that because I don't want anyone to come back to me years later and, 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 or, or at the divorce like I shouldn't have signed that. You know what? My heart wasn't really in it. I didn't really want to do that. I felt pressure. There's no pressure for me. There isn't. I'm just like, I'm cool. I'm cool because, like I said, and I, it's easy for me to do that is because I'm upfront and honest yeah. from the jump. That's good. From the jump. So you can't be mad at me. You can't be like, nah, you never told me. No, I told you. And so I, did she ever try to circle back around and say? She did try to, maybe in a slight way, not really huge because she knew who I was. And when she did circle back around, I was like, I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> because you said that you're not interested in signing a prenuptial agreement. And I said, that's cool. I'm not interested in moving forward. And that's where I am. And that's never going to change. So we don't really have anything to talk about. And this it, is before you even drafted up one. This, yeah, I was like, but, and that was, that's even, yeah. that's even really poor on her mom's yeah, part. Yeah, at least it's, look at the terms. I was like, let's find out what the terms are. Yeah. Because a prenuptial agreement for people who don't know that's doesn't I want you, mean. I want you to educate. Here we go. It doesn't mean that you're going to get nothing. No, yes. If you agree to get nothing, then you'll <laughs> get nothing. Now, I think nothing is terrible. Yes. Especially, and, and to be honest, I think women have the toughest thing in the world. It's that Because you got this thing where it's like, oh, I want to be successful and be a boss and all that other good stuff. And then this this, this maternal thing that's, that's I want to raise kids. I want to have a family. And for, for anyone giving up this for this should be compensated to some degree. Teach. And they should not be left destitute. Teach. That's, re that's ridiculous. Yes. But 
We should come when you've taken half of what somebody's <laughs> earned for the last 20 years. That's not fair. <laughs> so my whole thing is like, we got to make this fair. Yeah. We got to make this understandable. Even when Jay-Z married Beyonce, Beyonce said, hey, if I have a certain amount of kids, each kid, I get a certain amount of money. That's inside their prenuptial agreement. And I was like, I thought about that. I was like, they really went into yeah, it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, they really, really went in because she thinking, okay, I'm giving up my body, my yeah. body, and all this other stuff. And so she thought, really, really thought about it. And I thought that was fair for them. Right. You know what I mean? That was good for their situation, and they tried to figure out what works for them. But I was open to figuring out what works for me. Good. But half don't work. <laughs> I'm not doing half. Half is ridiculous. I'm not doing half. It's just it's not on the table for, for me, especially when someone's walking into this situation, we didn't earn it together. You didn't stay home with the kids. You didn't do all those particular things. You're walking into a a, a, a blessful situation. And at any moment, they can just change their mind and walk away with half. That's crazy. And, and then I think people also use that as a weapon against you. And see, I hate, I'm not going to weaponize any woman to use it against me. I'm not going to do that. I'm just not. Explain not, that. Because people may not understand what you mean. They can weaponize it against you how? So if if you get married without a prenuptial agreement, so therefore, and, and you have a lot of money, therefore now they can say, hey, if you're not going to do this for me and you're not going to do that for me, I'm going to divorce you and do it for myself. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got vindictive people like that. Yeah. I was hoping I didn't pick one, but you never know. Sometimes people change. And like I said in the beginning of this, you never know what people's when, you know, people looking at your stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, don't look over there. <laughs> don't look over there. Look, keep your eyes on me. <laughs> keep your eyes on me. And, that, and that's really what it comes down to. Are they really there for you? Or are they there for your stuff? And sometimes mm -hmm. you get guys in these unfortunate situations uh, where, you know, they don't, they don't really know what's going on with the other person. And they get used and abused in that way. And that's crazy to me. Did you ever question that before she ever decided not to sign it? Was that, that, was that ever brought into question? No, not at all. But I also understand this, and women are going to be mad. I feel that women are extremely selfish, 100%. And so you feel like a blanket statement. You want to throw a blanket bl statement I, out there I, like I can that. Definitely, and the reason why I say that is because women ain't going to marry the guy at McDonald's, but a guy would. If he loves that woman, he will marry her. Women only marry men that do stuff for them, that make them feel a certain way. It's not always about love. I think men are more romantic in that way where they can they can marry someone that's that has a much less than them and bring them unto the fold. I don't think that women really do that. If you notice that really successful uh, women, they don't marry down. They marry either equal to or up, period. That's what, Well, that's the whole conversation on social media, don't date down, with women saying that. I'm telling you, men are way more romantic. They will marry the, the manager at McDonald's. They, they're not tripping, but the girl ain't. You know what? It, it caused a huge debate at my... I did an event at the Stellar Wars, and Marvin Sapp said the exact same thing. It's absolutely true. But the way he worded it, he said, women, men love unconditionally. There you go. And women love conditionally. And uh, Melissa uh, <laughs> Melissa um, Fredericks said, hold on. And she, she took 
you know, she took she took out with that statement because she was like, hold on, that's not true. But I think the conditional and unconditional phrase <clears throat> messed everybody up. But I think what you're talking about is more uh, appropriate where you said that, yeah, you see it all the time that a man to go, you know, go to a strip club and get a woman there you go. and pull out the strip club, change it out. You know, you say in the movie Pretty Woman, all that type of stuff. You'll see that. Uh, but it's not as... Well, I can say this because I've known situations where women have dated guys that were less than financially or whatever uh, and, and and pulled them up. We just don't see it as much because they're not going to glamorize that. What I think about it is like this, that men were built to do that. We're built to do this. We're built to support the family, you know, let the wife stay at home. We're built for that. That's our story. Right. That's our story. That's not a woman's story. It's and, just not. Well, they ain't gonna get props for that either. So it's like <laughs> it's like if you done got a man that you're a millionaire and you went and got somebody that was a trash collector or whatever, then um you're not gonna be like, girl, I see you, you 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 leveled him up. Matter of fact, they get the opposite where you had um Tabitha Brown, where she talks about how she she quote unquote retired her husband in a sense. Uh, husband was in this very volatile profession, LAPD, got him out of that. Um, but watch this. Was she witting forever? How long were they together? See, that was at the very beginning. See, there you go. Yeah. They, they grew they grew that together. Yes. They did that together. I'm sure at times she wasn't doing that. Right. Well. And that's what she talks about. And he was doing a little bit better. Right. And then she got a chance to lean on him. And now it was time for him to lean on her. I think that that is beautiful. That's how I, But like yeah. I said, I'm not in that situation. I'm in a different situation, and I'm trying to figure this thing out called life right now, and it's tough because I got stuff. Would you marry a woman that made more than you? Uh, where is she? <laughs> what are we talking about? I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm saying where is she? I think that, that would be extremely hard to find. And I'm not— I'm but, just, would, but would uh, you, though? Would I? She makes, she makes a, uh, her, her company worth $150 million. Would it make you feel less than a man? Probably. <laughs> Why? And I, because I feel like whoever's the breadwinner gets to make the decisions, and I'd rather make the decisions. So you really believe that? You believe that just because she makes $150 million, she, she makes— She, I, listen, she makes $150 million and that's, you know, she's doing significantly better than me. I think she should make some of the bulk of the decisions. Really? Why is that? Huh? Because she makes $150 million. Why is it based on the money? Unfortunately, money plays a role. I, that's how I feel. And I would be fair like that. <laughs> so, 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 so all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> so, so she came to your life and was just like, listen, I believe listen, in traditional. Uh, I believe a man is a man. She don't exist. I'm trying to tell you, man. We talking. Uh, I'm you trying to say that woman I'm, don't exist. I'm already the one percent of the one percent. She don't exist. So you tell me that the the woman that's making that kind she of she don't exist. I'm the one percent of the one percent. I'm the one percent of the one percent of the one percent. She don't exist. She don't exist. So when people create those kind of scenarios, I'll be like, all right, come on. Like, what are we talking about? So why you say she don't exist? Explain that. Unpack that. She don't exist. What, what do you I, mean by that? What I'm saying is that that's far and in between. You're talking about the level of money or the, the, the heart the, posture of a woman making that kind of money? 
No, anybody can do anything and be successful. So I completely believe that. But I think it's rare because I already said in the beginning, women has the, have this thing that's pulling them in two different directions. And when you're being pulled in two different directions, it's hard to be successful. And I really think that they struggle with that. That's the one thing that men don't have. Our whole goal is to be successful, create money, create wealth, and support our family. That's it. But you said in the woman and, that's and trying woman, to balance the and maternal they, and the... And, and it's going to be hard. And now we're talking about 1% of the 1% of the 1%. So <laughs> it's going to be tough. It's just going to be tough. So, all right. So this is what I want to... We're going to talk this scenario. So you're saying that basically a woman that's making that crazy kind of money, say she's making $100 million, that her feeling as though she could be submit, uh, submissive it's to gonna you... It's going to be tough because it's a masculine role. And she may not even be soft enough for me. And I'm not, I'm not saying women aren't capable of that. I'm saying it's tough. When you're successful in that way, it's a masculine kind of energy. And me personally, I'd rather be around, you know, yeah, yeah different energy, you know, period. That's interesting. That's interesting. No, I'm telling you, if you meet <clears throat> super successful women, they walk around with it on their chest. They do. And when you meet super successful men, they walk around with it on a chest. And I'm saying I'm not dating a woman that's walking around with that kind of energy because that doesn't, it that's doesn't not, serve me. That's not attractive me. to you. Yeah, it doesn't serve me. So I You're don't not think, even attracted to that type. Not even close. Have I you mean, ever tried to date that type? There, she don't exist. <laughs> what, do you, what are you talking what about? You, what do you mean? She don't oh, Okay, put it like this. Have you dated a highly successful woman? Based upon what you deem what success. Is, what, I ain't talking about 15 million because you think success or prenuptial conversations need to wrap around 15 million. Have you dated the average successful woman? Let's say 250,000 a think, year. I, I think the woman that I was going to be, that I was engaged to, she made 150,000 a year. And I thought that was cool. Right. That puts you in the top 5% in the United States. Right. And that's cool. Yeah. So that, but that's but that. one hundred fifty. I mean, one hundred fifty thousand dollars don't get, don't allow you to stick your chest out. Your chest needs to be right where it is. <laughs> to be it, honest, you make that, me out of no, that. Tell you, it needs to be. It needs to be right where it is. It's cool. It's cool. But if I made one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, I'll starve. So <laughs> with so your with your lifestyle, yeah, yeah, for sure, it wouldn't be able to do anything. So <laughs> so so I wouldn't be able to do anything. So that doesn't make any sense. Like I said, hey, it, D, you said you're a star. Absolutely. Why would you starve? Because I've been living a certain way my whole, you know, for a good majority of you know my life right now, and and that wouldn't that wouldn't probably work out for me. One hundred fifty thousand dollars. What am I gonna do with that? You're a star. I couldn't pay my mortgage. You said up to move is what you have to do. You got to downsize. That would be a good experiment to do with your AD is to get you an experiment to get you living on $150,000 a year. Man. Just spend it for one year. Just go move to another they, place. They see me complaining every day. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I can't even pay my car, though. <laughs> no, we got to get rid of that. We got to get rid of that. What, what you drive? Uh, right now? Uh, well, you know, I had all I, I, drive, I had all the cars. <laughs> so are you the type that you went through a phase of just loving the materialistic part of your lifestyle? I think you changed? have to. 
Why? I think you have to. I think you got to go through that. Yeah. You know, I had, I had, you know, I had two Rolls Royce race. So why would you have to uh, answer that? I want to understand that mentality because I ain't there. (laughs) I I ain't had that experience. So I want to know, let me live vicariously through you. Why would you need two rates? Uh, And for people, tell people how much a rate costs. It costs, um, well, three hundred eighty-eight thousand. Okay, almost four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that you needed two. That was a. I mean, yeah. At the same time. Well, no, I had crashed the black one. Then I double, <laughs> I doubled back and and bought a white one with like red interior. But I mean, you know, I think you gotta, you gotta enjoy life, man, man. Look, we only got so much time to be here. Why not live it up? See, I was thinking you had two of them at the same time because I knew somebody. Well, that I had, had a two. bunch of other cars too to go along with it. I didn't have two Rolls Royces at the same time. That would be untrue. But you had two. Uh, you had what's the most cars you've had at one time? Four, four, and, mm. and I mean, was some of them like a fifty thousand dollar one? All of them wasn't a hundred. No, plus. no, they weren't. You would never drive a fifty thousand dollar car. Um, <laughs> I mean, not 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 now. We supposed to grow and get better, right? <laughs> so every car got to be about hundred plus. Absolutely. Well, at the moment, that's what's going on. So at the moment, currently, at, yeah, but that's usually what's going on. <laughs> so that's you. That's usually what's going on. <laughs> so you say when you say, so in all fairness, you're saying the woman I date, and this is what was so unfortunate, uh, is that she didn't even wait to see the terms of the prenup because that, I, I think that, that's important. I thought that was sad. Yeah, because I that was sad. Because what people think of a prenup is that I get nothing, and that's not true. Absolutely, but. That just showed how ignorant her mother was. Right. You know what I mean? And obviously she fell for it. But sometimes I just see these situations where the mother just really wants to control the daughter. And it's sad because the mother usually doesn't know what she's doing either. They're both flailing out there. Was the mom single? No, her mother was actually married, but... You know, she was the masculine one in she that relationship. Talk to her dad. She, she should talk to the to the man and she ask was the his masculine advice. one in that relationship because he would have gave us some insight about that. Yeah, it's just like you know, because I always wonder too, and I want women to comment down in the uh, in the in the comments. Would you sign a prenup with a guy? And the reality is this: if you're living the lifestyle that you probably couldn't even dream of, right? Um, it's not like you some peasant in a mansion, some some maid at the house. Like, this is your life that you're living. You can own that life. Uh, dressing in the nicest clothes, driving the nicest cars, you're living that life. But you always look at it as, but if this doesn't work out, what happens? You go back to the life. Worst case scenario, you go back to the life that you were living before that situation, that you were okay with until you met said individual. Right. And But then you got to give it all up, just like you just said. I don't know how to live off $150,000 a year. Now, you're whatever, how long that was, whether it was a year, two years, five years, 15 years. And if you're smart enough, you'd have learned some doggone stuff to build your own doggone business with this brilliant man that you land down with every single day to learn how to build your own wealth. I think that's so short-sighted to be able to, you get with this guy and you go, if it don't work out, I end up with nothing instead of not realizing, even if you, if it don't work out, you'll be further along. Even if he gave you nothing, you'll be further along than you started. Yeah. I think people are just, they're scared of that nothing. But to be honest, when 
men pick women, they want them to do well. If they bear their children, they want them to be okay. Right. They want them to be fine. We're geared to do that and be that. So I, I definitely, in any situation, I would have made sure she was perfect. But I just don't want to be forced. And I just don't want that number dictated to me. I want to decide what that number is. But you would have put that in writing? Absolutely. Put that in writing what I agree upon. Right. Yeah, for sure. I didn't have a problem with that. <sighs> this this, this that tough topic. We, we hear all these conversations about finances and women saying they want that soft life. They want a man that pays all the bills. But then what comes along with that? Would you be okay with a woman marrying you and having no job, bringing nothing to the table, not working at all? Absolutely. I don't. They never work anyway. I don't know what you're saying. What are we talking about? Are you talking about the women you date never work? No, nah, they don't be having no job. I think they, <laughs> they start off having a job. The next thing you know, she didn't quit. And she at home. And I, I think that always happens. <laughs> he said, what are you talking nah, about? Yeah, I, I ain't never seen them. I, I haven't. I, they usually don't work. They didn't start off that way, though. They usually working in the beginning, going to a job every single day. But a lot of times you got people who live in lives they don't even like. You know what I mean? And then they find a situation, you know, or a guy that, you know, potentially that's going that's going to support them. So now they can start living life the way they want to. They want to actually be, you know, the house mom, the soccer mom. They want they want those roles. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I met this lawyer a few days ago and she was telling me that she can't wait to get married. So she could quit. Yeah. And she's a extremely successful lawyer and she can't wait to quit. She says she wants to be at home. She wants to, to raise children. She wants to do that. And she didn't have any kids. She didn't have any of that stuff. She's playing a more masculine role. And I think a lot of times when women do get in those masculine roles and they're making money and they're doing well, it's, um, when they get there, they realize it's not what they thought it was going to be. Yeah. A lot of times, like, you know, and we just talking, a lot of times women, when they are successful, they feel like, I don't need a man. And then when men are successful, they're like, I'm ready to start a family. Yep. So we're right now, we're at odds. Yep. We're at odds. And somewhere in between, we got to find that line. And I don't know where that line is. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to figure it out. That's a good point. That is a brilliant point because you do hear that. And a lot of times, they are both are motivated by trauma. It's both motivated. You get a woman that says, I'm about to, because she may have been in a situation where a man Absolutely. was financially abusive or she watched her mom struggle and watch her mom stay in a relationship with her dad or another man far too long because the wife, the, the, the her mom didn't have much, uh, didn't have a job. So she said, no, when I get my money. I'm finna work so I don't ever need a man. And that need is predicated on the abuse that she watched handed down to her mom from a guy. So then she's motivated by that to become highly successful. Um, and then you hear songs like, I can do bad all by myself. You have all these songs that said that, you know, Miss Independent, you know, all this <laughs> stuff. And so you get these women that motivate and they get all this and they look back and they go, I got this beautiful house. I'm driving these nice cars and I'm going to bed by myself. This doesn't feel good. I know. And it's the same thing with a man. A man is motivated by this. You know, um, I'm going to go make this money so I can have my pick of the litter. I want to be able to choose what type of woman I want. I want her to look like this, 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 this. And he's motivated. He earns all this money. He gets all this. He goes, gosh, 
I wish I would have did this another way. I wish Absolutely. I would have built this with that person. As you so, I, and I'm glad I did not even expect you to say that. So that was perfect. You said at the beginning of the conversation, I wish I would have done this differently. Um, Shannon Sharp said that. He said that he wished he would have been more focused on relationships mm -hmm. early on in his career because right now it's going to be hard for him. It's tough. Yeah. He on TV every day. He make a lot of money. He does well. He in shape. Like he, you know, he's kick out there kicking butt. So it's just like you gotta, you know, like I said, it's a tough thing when you're when you're successful. It's so, just it's just tough. But it's tough either way, yeah. women and men. It's just tough. And some, like I said, that that whole thing about stuff prevents us from coming together. I still don't believe you'll find it hard to find a woman that's willing that meets the things that you feel are in alignment with you. Um, because I know it's, it's, it's you finna have a whole problem in your DMs anyway. After this interview dropped, they're like, I'll sign a prenup. <laughs> <laughs> Put me in coach, I'll sign one. You know what I'm saying? And so, but still in your mindset, that's still not the answer. You want somebody to genuinely love you for you. I think everybody's looking for that. I think love is the thing that we're all chasing. Sometimes, but a lot of men be like, I like a lot of my male friends that are successful, they like, listen, love comes down the line. I want me a baddie. I want a woman that's beautiful and fine, and I know she want money. I know I want sex. Even exchange, we can do this together, and hopefully we love each other down the line. That's not you? No, I would, that, I would absolutely say that's not me. And I would, I, would, I would say there's a lot of people that say that, but those sound like really wounded people. So that's that's what it sounds like, you know, to me personally, for someone to think like that, if they know that woman that is not really there for them, like that's scary to me. That's, that's like you sleeping with the enemy. I don't want to sleep with the enemy. That's good. I, wa I want to be with someone that truly, truly loves me, that wants to be, you know what I mean? That wants to be the caregiver within the family, support the family in that way. And I'll support her in that way. You know what I mean? It's not, I think it's an even exchange at some point, but it has to be the right person because unfortunately, you know, we got Instagram, we got social media, we got all this stuff and people, you know, they're chasing that thing and they just want that thing and it's money. Hmm, gosh, this is so good. One of the things that I always say is that um, money has its importance with me or whatnot, and surely I ain't never had the kind of money you have. But what's most important to me in relationships that outside of money is my heart. It's like it's like my heart is my heart supersedes money, and there's no prenup I can sign on my heart. And so I, the way I would do relationships and marriage, I'm giving my all to it. And so I've been where I've lost money, made money, rebuilt it, uh, pivoted, created new careers, created new businesses and all that other stuff. But heartbreak, oh, it's a little bit harder to recover from that thing. No, that thing hurts. Boy, I'm telling you. And so that's why I was wondering about is that how do you navigate heartbreak or is it that if the relationship falls out due to business, it's easy for you to recalibrate from that. Yeah, I've been conditioned that way. Yeah. You know, and like I said, that's the part that sucks. It's easier to, you know, grow it. Well, I don't even say it's easier to grow it. It's just easier to do it with a team. 
you know what I mean, to work with somebody and actually accomplish those goals. And I've seen those kind of relationships. And I think those are the best ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, like you mentioned Tabitha Brown. I think that's yeah. beautiful. He supported her when things weren't going well. Now she's supporting him. I think that's beautiful. Yes. Yes. And but, you, but you said that's just not the card you've been dealt. I, hey, that's. God didn't give me those cars. I got a different hand, and I got to try to figure that whole thing out. And it's tough. Because, like I said, social media killing relationships left and right. Why do you say that? Because uh, I think that, well, I think that men see so many beautiful women, and they literally have access to them. Yep. And then also I see women doing things like thirst traps. Yep. And that pulls in a certain kind of guy. <laughs> yep. And then... To be honest, I don't think any of those things are healthy. Nope, not at all. You know what I mean? I don't think, because, I mean, you're seeing something aesthetically that looks great, but shoot, <laughs> you, sometimes you meet these people, you be like, I can't even believe it's a real person. <laughs> like, where does she even come from? Like, who thinks like this? You know what I mean? <laughs> you sound a real person. Yeah, it'd be like, I, this, like someone's playing a joke on me. But and you run into things like that, and, and so don't tell me. Give people reference. What is some experiences you've had with people with, with with women that you had to look at them side eye and be like, "Did you really just say that?" Man, I remember I was dating this one girl, and it was just so funny. We literally were only dating for about maybe a couple weeks. Her birthday came up. And those are like the tough situations yep. for men, especially yep. when you just, just met them. You just met them. You're like, do you know, supposed this to do? girl literally had a list, a list of things she wanted me to buy her. It was like, yeah, I want four purses. I want this. I was like, oh, what's what's going on? Like, I was so confused. I was like, what's good? We just met. What's going on? Like, how, how what's long, going on? How, how long you know the AD? Probably maybe about three weeks to a month. And she had and a she, list. She had a full-on list. What of kind of person uh, did she have on there? Of course, all the crazy. I want Chanel, and I want you know all this stuff. And I'm just you like, she four, did she say pick one, or she wanted all of them? She wanted all of them. <laughs> I'm not even making this up. I was just like, I just met you three weeks ago. What's going on? You know what I mean? And it's just like it's just craziness like that. Is well, just, the question is, how many of those gifts did you buy? I bought her one purse. <laughs> How much is that purse? Well, I don't know, maybe five thousand dollars. <laughs> but I'm just, but I was just like, it was just one purse. So I was just, but it's just weird. Was, was she satisfied? I don't think so. That's crazy, ain't it? Ain't it? You meet somebody and you feel entitled. Listen to more. That's the part that's crazy. But that's that's where we are now when it comes to relationships. Unfortunately, and that's why buy somebody a five thousand dollar purse. But in the that's first why. Month. But that's why I ain't signing no bad deal. I'm not gonna do that because your experiences have taught you otherwise. Absolutely, <laughs> and those are the best lessons, and I've learned them. So therefore, I move accordingly. That's it. What's another crazy story in your dating life? Because you've never been married. Do you have any kids? No, no kids. No. Never been married. Been engaged how many times? I've been engaged. Um, Twice. So the first time, how long? The first time, how long was it? The first time was um, just a few months. It just wasn't the right person. So, 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 so you, it don't take you long to date somebody and decide whether or not that's your wife. Because you said this other one, y'all were only dating for what? The first we, year? We, no, yeah. It was about maybe about 14 months in. And you knew that was the one? 
Well, assumed that that was the one. I assumed that that was the one. But then, you know, I started- How soon did you know? Huh? How soon did it take 14 months to know it? Did you know in the first few months that this is a person you want to I marry? Thought, I thought, usually I, I only date people I can potentially marry. Good. So I don't date just random people. Good. And, you know, and it's not always about aesthetics for me. You know what I mean? I got to be able to talk to that person. I got to be able to hang out with that person. I got to be able to sit in a room and do nothing with that person. So Let me tell you something. That is the key right there. Absolutely. I have to be able to sit in a room and do nothing with that person. Do you realize that that's one of my non-negotiables? Hey, good for you. Because you know what it is? Sometimes you meet women and they feel like you have to entertain them. And that's the worst thing in the world. I was like, I'm not doing flips. I don't dance for nobody. And I'm just not going to do it. And when I come across those people, I let them know, I'm not here to entertain you. That's good. I'm not here to entertain you. That's good. And I'm not saying that they need to entertain me either. I, I'm okay with sitting at home doing nothing. Me too. And laughing or watching an old movie. Yes. But everything doesn't have to be this event. Yes. Doesn't have to be this event. And when people are chasing those events, then I automatically know that's not my person. And when the events are gone, when the fireworks are over, you don't know if that person going to get bored and decide to leave. There you go. When they get the chance to settle in real life, when they're no longer going to the big events. I don't know how my life goes. I may be on a red carpet at one day and the next day I'm just sitting at home picking out furniture for my for my house. You'd be like, this is boring. Can't you pay somebody to do that? No, I like doing this. This is right. fun for me. Right. <sighs> so now what you looking at now? You know what I'm right. saying? It's like, well, dang, this is like, like those simple things is where I want to find peace in. Absolutely. Having to entertain is awful. Yeah. It's awful. Now, every now and then, okay, cool. Let's go have fun. But when you're spending time with somebody every single day, you, you become, can't do it. You can't, you, you can't be performing yeah, every day. Yeah. It'll just be like, I got to be off sometime. <laughs> when did this job end? <laughs> and so how long did it last with the $5,000 purse girl? Oh, she didn't make it. She didn't make it. <laughs> how long? Uh, maybe about three months. That's longer than I would expect. Three months. I was just like, I'm cool. But that's, that, was, that was a conversation, too. I was like, I'm cool. That's how, that's how you ended it. I'm yeah, cool. I was like, I'm cool. I was like, it's not, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. I try. I try. I just be like, I try. I was like, it's cool. But see, I'm the person that's not mad afterwards either. It shouldn't be. I'm, yeah, I'm extremely happy. I'm be like, hey, we gave it a go. <laughs> we gave it a go. Hey, this doesn't work for me. And, and, and it's funny because usually if it doesn't work for you, it's no way in the world the other person is having a great time. They not. They upset too. They not happy too. They just didn't say it first. <laughs> and unfortunately, if, if me, I just be like, I say it first. Have you ever had a woman break up with you? Better heartbreak. Come on, let's go back to heartbreak. Okay. Yeah. When I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, for I mean what effects did that have on you, AD at 12 years hey, old? Man, it was traumatic. <laughs> It was traumatic. I think, you know, I mean, I mean, at this point, I mean, yeah. and I'm not even trying like, to brag or boast. Yeah. You're just talking facts. I'm 6'4". I'm 200-something pounds. I do well in life. You know, I drive Rolls Royces. 
You know what I mean? When I'm I'm at you know, I'm at that point where I'm looking towards the family. So I'll just be like, it don't happen that often. Yeah. It don't happen that often. Do you so, have do you have a do you have an age range you date? Absolutely. What's the youngest? And it's, it's, it's be, the youngest is probably between 25 and 32. That's my range. And and the reason being is because- Do you want kids? There you go. Yeah. There you yeah. go. I just want one. Yep. yep. And, and that's what I'm doing. Yep. So I, I definitely date intentionally. If I'm dating you, I've already said, I've already made up in my mind or I could see a future with that that's person. That's good. I don't date just for fun. Yeah. I'm yeah. not dating for fun. Maybe the first two or three dates is for fun because I'm trying to figure out yeah. who you are, but I don't continuously date that person if I don't see a future with them. That's good. Yeah. That's good. You said you date intentionally. Absolutely. 100%. And are you, are you in the stage of your life and career where you have the luxury of time? Because I don't know how you run your business, how many employees you got. Do you have free time to date? Absolutely. When you run your business and, you know, you started it from the ground up, you have people that help you now. Yeah. It ain't just me back there. I yeah. got 20-something employees. Yeah. So I don't necessarily need to be there every day. I am there every day, but I could take a day off just like anybody else. I sp After I try, when, for me personally, when I go home, I'm home. Yeah. I'm home. I'm not still at work at home. I right when I I hit that door, I'm work off. work shuts off. It's off. I see y'all in the morning. That's good. That's a good thing to to say because a lot of times women may feel like uh, dating somebody uh, a high net worth individual like that. They be like, he ain't gonna have no time for me. He they don't just like, assume it. He don't like you. <laughs> That's what's going on. That's the biggest mistake. There. He's so busy. No, he don't like you. He don't like you. When some when somebody likes somebody, they find the time. Period. You they, just AD, you done broke up some relationships just now. You done he don't broke like up, you. You done broke up relationships. Quit saying that, AD. <laughs> You're hurting feelings right now. You stepping on toes. They go, they, you done broke up relationships because he's been using that excuse for the longest. Man, they try to use it. I just be sitting, I'll be like, I do better than him. What are you talking about? He busy. He ain't can't be busy. <laughs> he can't be busy. He, like, and I, you know, I have friends that are girls, and I'll be like, he ain't that busy. <laughs> She'd be like, Don't, aren't you busy? I'll be like, no, I ain't that busy. I'm not, I'm not, you know? And if you're traveling and you do a lot of traveling, you bring the person with you. <laughs> Uh-oh, stop. Oh, stop. You're getting the people in trouble. Hey, I'm telling you. But he done, A.D.? He done made the excuse that I don't, I, I can't travel with you. You know what I'm saying? You you know I'm working. He, I ain't gonna have time. Ad, stop! You're getting people in trouble. He don't like you. <laughs> he don't like you. He don't like you like that. You know what I mean? The person that you know that I I've you know dated in the past. They, if they wanted to travel, they travel. I'd be like wherever. I, honestly, in my heart, I feel like wherever I go, you can always go. You don't even have to ask me. If we date and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm about to go over here and do this. He'd be like, oh, can I come? Absolutely. Let's go. I don't have, a, like, all the secret secret and all that stuff. I ain't got time for that. We ain't going to get to no kids that way. We ain't going to get to, we ain't, we ain't going to jump over the broom that way. We just not going to do that. So usually if I'm in a relationship with you, I'm in a relationship with you. Yeah, full access. For, hey, I'm not tripping. I'd be like, yeah, I got to go to New York. You coming? What's up? You know what I mean? And that's why I was, we were talking about do a lot of them work. I, like I said, yeah. they start off working. <laughs> they don't end up working. 
<laughs> and so usually they're traveling with me doing other stuff. But I always try to make it so people, I always try to ask the person that I'm dating, like, what are your goals? Yeah, that's what good. Do you, what do you want to accomplish? Because I don't want to just be the only successful person in the relationship living my dream. I want you to be able to live your dream. What does that look like for there you? There it is, AD. Yeah, what does that look like for you? So like I said, I'm open. Just like prenuptial agreements, they need to be open. And it doesn't mean that you get nothing. It doesn't mean that you get nothing. That's crazy. And that's, 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 that's the key point because, again, we hear prenup and we automatically feel like that. But you said any good man, when the relationship is over, you should want to be able to take care of that woman. You know, to, to some degree, you just said not half. You said yeah, it's just not half. That answer ain't half. It's just not half. That's the whole, it's just not half. He said but the answer, the answer is not. A real man will make sure the woman that has his kids, yeah. they going to make sure she okay. And if for women, they need to make sure they picking a real man. Because men do the asking, but women do the accepting. So therefore, if you got somebody that you don't trust that will feel like they're do the right thing and they really, truly support you, you shouldn't be dating that guy. Because the moment I get a glimpse that you're not really here from me, I'm over it. AD, you done spoke a whole sermon right there, boy. You, 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 just, you just jumped right on the word accountability. <laughs> accountability. At the end of the day, if you dating somebody and you saying I do to somebody that doesn't have your best interest, that you feel deep down inside that you need paperwork in order to make him be a father, you need paperwork in order for him to feel like he don't, you got to be able to say, you know what, I understand the heart of this man. And then if you, if you approach it like that, your worst fear may not ever happen where you feel like it ends in divorce because y'all are totally in tune. And that's what I'm about. I'm about literally being submitted to the voice of God so that I can hear properly. Mm -hmm. So that when I say I do to that individual, I'm saying I do. Not maybe. Conditionally, if this happens. And may I'll say, you know what, God, I believe that I heard you so clearly. And I and I'm the type that I try to shake up the relationship as soon as possible. I want to try to destroy that thing at the very beginning. <laughs> you know, I try to destroy it because I'm like saying, I want to see it. And it's not like making up arguments or whatnot, but it's literally to be able to talk about those hard subjects that need to be discussed. Cause I don't want to withhold who I am. And then you find out, for instance, I've been very uh, open about my infidelity in my past marriage. Right. Well, if you're the type of woman that says I will never date a cheater and you've never watched my podcast and heard me be open about that, <laughs> then I'm going to tell you straight up at the very beginning, I cheated on my ex-wife and this is what I've learned about this and this is what I've navigated and this is what I got healed from. I don't want you falling in love with me and then five months later I say, she says, we're, we're watching TV like, oh yeah, that man's a cheater. Uh-uh. See, I would never date a cheater. And I go, uh, <laughs> you married someone. <laughs> you married one. You cheated? He's like, I thought you were, I didn't watch your podcast. How am I supposed to know that? I'm like, everybody knows that. Right. And then now she's like, oh my God, I can't believe I married you and you cheat. I just, oh my God. Now you're regretting me. Like, that's no, know me, love me. Like Beyonce said, flaws and all. Absolutely. I want you to love me, flaws and all. And that's what you're saying. You're saying at the end of the day, you want somebody, you want people to know exactly who you are. You don't hide. You say, this is who I am. Do you want me? Take it or leave it. And it's okay. Absolutely. And if you step on my toes, I say, ouch. There it is. There it is. There it is. Um, what are some things you have coming up in the future? Um, right now, I'm just touring. I'm doing a lot of stuff on radio. So okay. 
you know, I did, uh, you know, Ricky Smiley's out here. Yep. So I did his show a couple weeks ago. I did uh, D.L. Hughley's show in Los Angeles. I've, I've done I've done Steve Harvey's show. I just did another guy, a real, really, really nice guy, Ryan Cameron from Atlanta. Ryan really, Cameron. he's supposed to be one, like, the number one guy on uh, um, a drive time radio. Okay. So a really, really nice guy. I've been doing a lot of interviews across the so country. So you're doing interviews about what? what, what herbs. Okay, so it's all, all about your business. Yeah, it's all about our my business. So And our number one product is the cleanse. And it's the full body cleanse. Uh, some of the benefits of the cleanse are weight loss between 10 to 30 pounds, a huge boost of energy, stronger immune system, clearer skin. You'll be able to focus and concentrate a lot better. And basically what the cleanse does, it cleans out all your limitative channels. That's your gallbladder, your heart, your liver, your colon, your spleen, your lungs, your kidneys, your adrenal glands, your blood, and your skin. It flushes out all the impurities so your body can perform better. It's kind of like hitting the reset button. Why you didn't bring me nothing? You know what? Don't even, don't even worry. I'm sending you one right now. Bring, bring me nothing. I need my son. Need to have Rihanna raising her hand. She says she needs some. <laughs> we need we need to test this. When we drop oh. stuff on the Dear Future Wifey podcast, I need an affiliate code. I need to be able to post this stuff. And so my 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 followers and I have uh, my assistant. She's been getting on me. She wanted me to do a brand deal that I did before with with this company that gave me all these juice cleansers or whatnot. And uh, you know, she was like, "This what we gonna, we gonna do a brand deal." All right, let's do that. Because you know what? I know it's a lot of women who watch your show. Oh, it's and I want and I want those women to be in the best shape as possible. Yeah. And doing the D Herbs full body clinic can definitely put them in that situation. So we should definitely talk yeah. about that. Yeah, I would need, love I would love to do that. Yeah, we need to do that so I can get closer to your eighty million dollars. <laughs> Rihanna, I'm out here. I'm out here struggling, Rihanna. He over here talking about <laughs> don't even have a conversation unless you're making 15, 20 million. I was like, oh well, I guess. I guess we okay. I guess that's out of my 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 tax bracket. He over here talking. Don't even have you making five million? How you gonna have a conversation about prenups? You really believe that, huh? I do. I do. I'm sorry. I might be jaded to a certain degree. I just be like, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it got to be, they, you know, you know. <laughs> so I don't know, man. Let I me hate. ask you this. Let's go back. When did, you, when did you first start feeling like you made it? When you made how much? God, you know what's so funny? I just started feeling like that a few years ago. Really? I swear to God, I was working off this broke mentality the whole entire time. I was working nonstop. And then someone stopped me. It was my brother. He's like, I mean, I don't know what kind of words you can use. We don't, we don't curse. Okay, we don't curse. He was... Yeah. Well, you say you say the N word. Yeah, and he's like, "Nigga, you rich." Yeah. Period. What are you doing? You got stuff people dream about, and it didn't and it didn't dawn on you. It didn't. It didn't even hit me till maybe about three or four years ago. You was working like how much? Like, like I was going super hard. I was going super hard. Interviews, TV, everywhere. Now I just pick my spots. And and, I, and it dawned on you after that conversation. Like, hold on. I'm, I don't need to be working this dog yeah, hard. Yeah, that's and, and that was it. He was just like, "You rich." It never dawned on you that you was rich. Didn't even know it. <laughs> I was like, "I am." He said, "I am." I, am. I knew I do, was doing well and things were going well, but I was just like, you know, I still I felt like I still have, and I still do. I feel like I still have a lot to do. I think my company could be one of the biggest herbal companies on the planet. 
You said not just herbal, in the black space. Not just in the black space. All herbal companies. Think so, I could so, be the biggest so, one. So the the biggest one has a valuation of what do you think? Uh, you know, I probably say about three three to five hundred million. Something probably the biggest one. So we definitely got a lot of work to do. So we got a, a lot of work to do. But so you know. in your mind, when you get to this level, you're still not satisfied. You want more and more and more. I want to be the biggest, the biggest, the biggest. Is that what is that well, what's driving you? I, no, I think, I, well, I just want to win. You're already winning. I'm winning. I haven't won. <laughs> I haven't won. So I think I think for me, for me, when I feel like I've won, I don't go to work every day. I don't go to work. You know what I mean? It's another but, but, but you can not go to work now, can't you? Yeah, for sure. But another CEO is running my company. You can do that yeah, now? Yeah, I, I could do that now. I don't know if they would do great yet. I don't know. Right now, I feel nervous about doing that, but I've talked about it. I think once I achieve a certain number per year, um, I will do that. I will put someone in my place, and I will allow them to run the, the company in the direction that we both see fit. But so, yeah, so, but right now, this is where we at. You, you're, you're having fun, aren't you? Man, you, this is why I tell everybody, life is beautiful. It is. Life is so, especially when you're doing something that you really, really want to do. Yes. And I always tell people, it's gold at the end of the rainbow. I'm here to tell you it's 100% true because there's no way I should have been able to pull off what I've pulled off under under the, the situation I was under. Let's back but, up. Um, I want to hear that before we conclude. What, what, what was your upbringing like? I was poor. I, I lived in a one-bedroom apartment off of Crenshaw and Slauson with... Five people, my mother and four siblings. One bedroom apartment. I wasn't supposed to make it. I played basketball. Basketball got me out of my situation. And then from basketball, I went and played basketball overseas in Australia. And that didn't really go that well for me. And then I came back home and I said, man, I need to figure this thing out. I was always a business major. So therefore, I went back, went back to school. I took, it's funny because I, when I went back to school, I went to Cal State Northridge, took out a student loan, $3,000, quit school the very day I got the money, <laughs> turned around, started a vending machine company, and then it all started from there. So, so you took the $3,000? Took the $3,000, started a vending machine company, 100%. Didn't even go to school? Didn't even go to school. Quit school and then said, I'm going to do vending machines because I wanted to be able to enjoy my life and still make money. And then that's when the whole concept of doing something on the internet got introduced to me. Like I said, I quit basketball. So now what I'm doing is I started to gain weight. I ain't never gained weight in my whole entire life, but I'm idle now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then someone had introduced the concept of cleansing and I have an addictive personality. So I did everyone's cleanse. And then what I did, uh, I realized that, wow, I like some of these are different. And then I said, I think I could do it better than them. Good. You know what I mean? God kind of gives you that, that craziness, yeah. that confidence inside me. And I felt like I could do it better than them. And I hired a few herbalists to help me uh, develop my recipe. Took over a year. Me and my brother got together, put some money behind it. And then the journey began. I didn't make money for four years. Four years. But I still believed. And then when I figured out how to market my product, you know, I just kept going up and up and up. And that's, that's exactly what happened. 
I'm proud of you, man. Man, thank you. Black man, I'm proud of you, bro. I love to see people get out the mud. It's like you didn't get you didn't grow up with a silver spoon in your mouth. You grew up poor. And it's interesting how, like you said, I took <laughs> I took the student loan and took the money and said, I'm gonna go see for myself and I'm gonna do something else. Yeah, and but you if you see that all the time now. All the billionaires in the world, they never finished school. I know it. They yeah. never finished school. They had an idea that they truly believed in. And at some point in that in that whole drive, they came across some money that helped them <laughs> propel them, you know, their their thoughts and their dreams and their aspirations. And then they were able to do it and they click and they ran away from the schooling. I think schooling is important, but I also feel like school teaches you to get a job and work for somebody. Yep. That's not something I'm into. Yep. That's not something I'm into. People assume I've been to college. I haven't spent a day in college. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't spent, I haven't even filled out an application before to go to college. There you go. But I'm, here I am being hypocritical trying to force my kids, you go to college, you need to go to college. I always say, if you don't know what you're doing, just go there and then find out what you don't want to do and then give you some motivation. And and more specifically, because the, the the kids I adopted, they get to go to, they, well, came from the foster care system. How many kids you adopted? I, uh, two. That's dope. Yeah, I, I have a biological daughter that's twenty seven, uh, so you can't date her. And then uh, <laughs> she married. And then and then I have uh, and then I adopted my son Armani, who's twenty, and my nephew, who's fifteen. When and did you adopt him? I adopted Armani when he was sixteen, four years ago, and that's I adopted dope. and I adopted uh, Ladarian when he was seven. And so uh, my whole thing is building. My life's mission is to build this foster home for boys, this luxury foster home. Um, got 20 acres of land that this lady bought for me and I got to pay her back though. But she pulled it off the market for me and said, heard my vision and said, Hey, listen, I'm going to write a check for 1.25 million. Uh, cause you want this land and you just pay me back when you get the money. You know, and she did that in 12 days just from a conversation that she was watching my podcast. She heard me say it. And then she came on and said, listen, you know, I heard about this land. I was like, what you talking about? And she was just talking. She was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you the money. I said, for what? What, what you talking about? It came so quick that it scared me. And I was like, is she really for real? She better give me a... She went up there and wrote that check. Wired, and 30 days later, she had wrote, wrote a check for $1.25 million for that work. land. Man, God blew my mind. So I was sitting there. So now my whole mission is to pay off, and then I'm going to build this beautiful mansion. Yeah, but 501c3? It's building right now, yeah. When you get your 501c3, let me know. I'll definitely donate money per year to help you pull that off. Because I think what you did was you changed two lives and you didn't have to. And you didn't go for the little baby. You went for the adult kid. You yeah. changed their life. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thank you, King. I, I respect awesome. that. And the reason why is because they say that most kids, black boys, eight years or older, likelihood of getting adopted it's not is gonna happen. It's not going to happen. I'm aware. And so... Um, why are you aware? What's your background with that? Uh, no, so I plan on adopting children, but I just want to have one of my own first. That's good. I think that changing someone's life like that, that's in, you know, and like they're in a tough situation. And those people feel like they don't have love. Yeah. They're out there by themselves just kind of flailing along. And for you to come and throw out that life raft for them is beautiful. Man, let me tell you something, King. I just bought a house last month. Uh, bought this new house and uh, and I made a Facebook post about it. I'm trying to get most of when I talk about it. But my my sons, when we moved into that house, mm. you know, they walked around that house. They said, mm. "I've never imagined I live in a house like this before." And I and and I'm sitting there and I'm like, to be honest with you, I didn't either. I didn't think I would. I grew <laughs> I grew up poor. I grew up struggling like a bug. And so they were looking around and they were just like. 
Wow. And I was like, crying. oh, boy, they got so he was walking around Armani. He's so like I said, I've only had him for four years, but he came. He was in foster care for five and a half years. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and he's been through some stuff, living on the street, mama and crack houses, all that type of stuff. And so he was walking around. He was like, I cannot. He was like, he kept pinching himself. And it was funny. He jumped up because I got them these real nice beds. I said, I ain't, I'm sparing no expenses on allowing y'all to experience dope. what it's like. I said, y'all sitting on Tempur-Pedic pillows. That's $100 pillows. You know what I'm saying? Just a cushion. I said, I want you to experience what this feels like because you deserve it all. And uh, But that's the same. And he was like saying, he sat up on the bed. And he said, I feel like God. I sit up high and I look low. And he looked on, he looked on the side of the thing. He said, I'm up high, but I look low. It was hilarious. But that whole experience that I want to give for these boys in foster care, that all these black boys that get overlooked, all these black boys that grow up feeling like no one came for them, and now they're trying to figure out life in this world— that bitterness, that anger, but to be able to introduce where when we build this, you can come in and begin to talk to these young boys to show them what's possible. Once they see that and go, hold on, this man did what? This man is also helping support this thing, and he did what? I've never thought about getting into herbs. I've never thought about getting right. into these other things. All I thought about was be a basketball player, be yeah. a, a football player, be a, be an athlete or be a rapper or whatnot. We give our young kings an opportunity to see life outside I of just the, the normal stuff. And so, yeah, I'm going to need you. Thank you, King, for for, for that. So, Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Steve does the same thing. Yeah, that, that meant to you. Did you work on that? They the, call I've me been like, to the camp. They you call should, me. You should definitely go. They called me last year and asked me to come. They was like, hey, uh, his daughter reached out to me. And she was like, because they were going to actually come and start sponsoring my my boys home. But then he ended up getting his own acreage and doing it on his own. But that's, they had DM'd me and was talking about all that. He does uh, it uh, in Atlanta. Yes. Yes. I think it's Chick-fil-A is one of the sponsors yeah. of it. And uh, he does it exactly with them. I've been there. I've been there twice to go speak, but you should do that. How did that feel talking to them boys? Man, it was the best thing I ever did, man. Because they was from the same place I was from. Yeah. The same exact place. And and if I would even had some of the information that I was giving them, it would have absolutely 100% changed my life. And expedite the process. Yeah. Get there faster. Yep. Get there faster. Just Mentality hearing, is everything. Just hearing a black man tell you, this is what you do, is we navigate and have an open-hand approach. Man, like I said, we could talk about this all day because I get emotional when we start talking about these right. young black kings. Uh, but listen, definitely uh, you have just a matter of a few hours to get that affiliate code because this episode is going to release tomorrow. I'll give you a yeah, code. Yeah, yeah. I'll make it your name. Yeah. That's going to be the code. Exactly. We'll give a discount for anyone who buys the D-Herbs Full Body Cleanse. Yeah. We'll make it your first name, and, and that's it. Simple it's as that. done. So I have the link down here. Um, listen, this conversation went totally. I thought it was going to everybody. You're going to say something to make everybody mad, but 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 you did good, AD. I'm glad I did well. You did, I, AD. Listen, my whole thing, I tell the truth, and it's just my version of the truth. It doesn't have to be everyone's version. This is what I'm faced with. And that's good. And I can respect that because at first I was like, oh, Lord, you people going to be mad at this interview. <laughs> I said, oh, it's tough topics. But then at the end of the day, I said, I understand. 
saying. Like, it's difference between when you making a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year and you like, I don't need to sign a prenup, but what it look like if you if you had a certain age and you've built all this over the last 20 years or whatever, now you say, listen, you could change your mind after a year, five months, six months, and put my whole business at risk. Make me have to sell it and split all that crazy stuff that happens. Don't I go, make no sense. I like, wow, that is that is that 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 is saying something. And usually people don't know after 10 years. The prenuptial is null and void. There, anyway. there you go. Yep. Yep. So, so you know, if you have a healthy relationship and it's thriving, you know what I mean. You should be there longer than ten years. Give it up for my new homie, Ad Dolphin, y'all. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into child protective services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted? Yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, 
just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTerris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. Well, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, I will withhold nothing. I will be fully present, mind, body, soul, and finances. You will have a full access pass, not only to my personal affairs, but also into my heart. We will build legacy. You are the missing component to fully execute the next mission of my life. You will bring so much to the table. I don't care how much or little money you have. When I say you will bring so much to the table, I'm referring to all the intangibles, the soft skills you possess, the peace, the safety, the wisdom, the joy, the help, the encouragement, the love, the respect, the care, the comfort, the spiritual insight, the spiritual fortitude, the anointing, the covering. I need everything you are to help me become everything I'll be. I simply adore you, your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.